Well, good evening, Quest Church. We are so excited you're here in person. We want to also welcome everyone that's online, Quest Nation, uh, for being with us tonight. And it's our pleasure and joy to be here. Thank you so much, Pastor Rick, for the opportunity to share the word. And our prayer is that when this is over tonight, you'll be enriched, you'll have a paradigm shift, a new perspective, and go out of here transformed by the renewing of your mind, which comes by the word. And so we're gonna kind of stick with the same theme that Pastor Josh has been on about first things first. And our title, if you're one of those that needs a title for tonight is, Keeping the main thing, the main thing. Amen. So Can I hope, you, hope you're that? ready. Just receive this. Let's all say that together, okay? Keeping the main thing, the, the main, main thing. thing. I want to say as well, Pastor Rick, thank you for allowing Michelle and I the opportunity to share the word this evening. We don't take this lightly. Michelle and I, part of our passion as ministers is to endeavor to take some, uh, some complicated subjects within scripture and simplify them so that in this case when you return to your life in the morning you can actually put these principles to work is that fair enough yes. all right in sales they teach us uh, needs solutions benefits in other words you have to discover or at least make a need a person aware of their need or at least identify a need that exists. Then you offer a solution, and then you share the benefit of that. So Michelle and I are gonna share what we consider a need within the body of Christ, <clears throat> offer some solutions from the scripture, and then show you as we end this, uh, this meeting tonight, the benefit to you as you uh, instill and function in those solutions. Is that fair enough, guys? Amen. Praise God. All right. So pastor said it this evening on the video. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, <clears throat> and all these things will be added unto you. We've all, I, I, I think it's safe to say that everybody in the room this evening probably has that verse memorized. But I think what we need, as Michelle was saying earlier, is a paradigm shift, a, a, a change in our mindset where the kingdom of God is concerned. You guys know what Romans 12, 1 and 2 say, right? Be transformed by the renewing or the changing of your mind. The reason I bring this up is when we say kingdom of God, most people in the body of Christ immediately think of heaven. You're, you're preaching the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Kingdom, we think that means our exit out of the earth. We look forward to the day when the Lord returns and we get to go to heaven with him. That's what we think of in terms of the kingdom of God. If you're taking notes tonight, I'd like to ask you to write something down, especially you guys at, at home. Let me give you what I consider to be a basic fundamental definition of the kingdom of God. So we're going to take a complicated system and simplify it. The kingdom of God is heaven's influence in the earth through you. God's not looking to get you out of here. You might be looking to get out of here, but the Father 
the king of this kingdom is looking for you to take what's been deposited on the inside of you and then go get involved in what we call kingdom expansion. So there are three things we want to do tonight. We want to share with you components of the kingdom to help you understand this concept that we call the kingdom. Number two, we want to talk about your place within the kingdom. And then finally, we'll close tonight by sharing with you the benefit to you once you understand the kingdom and then begin to function in your purpose as it relates to the kingdom, the benefit to you. Is that fair enough, guys? Michelle, anything you want to add to that? Well, just to get started, you know, when we, when we talk about the kingdom and it's always out there, I think there's been a huge misconception and misunderstanding on what it is for us. And a lot of people are just satisfied to spend, you know, 80 years on the earth and they put their time in and then they get to go to the kingdom. Well, first of all, I'm doing 120. I don't know if anyone else is believing for that. The Bible promises 120 in my right mind in my own house. Healthy, wealthy, and wise and strong. Healthy, wealthy, and wise. (laughs) But we're not just here to put in our 120 years Mm -hmm. and go to heaven. There's a purpose, and Pastor has said this. You're sent here. You didn't just arrive. It's not an accident. You're not an accident. You're not here to just put in time and go to heaven. There's a reason why you're here. And your purpose in the earth is part of the kingdom purpose. And if you can ever understand that, your whole perspective on life changes. You're not just having a family, finding that boyfriend, having a good career, going for retirement. I have a nice car. Those things are all fine, but they're not first. Amen. And they're not your purpose. Mm -hmm. Those are benefits. Those are things that we have while we're here. And if you can understand my time on earth is for kingdom, Mm -hmm. then it totally changes your perspective. Yeah. Michelle, if you don't mind briefly, if you would share, you and I had a conversation in the past. We've had this conversation another a number of times over different subjects. But I've heard you say many times over the course of a number of years, in terms of first... The Bible says seek first the kingdom. It didn't say seek only. So just share, just And so that's that's sometimes that where again you have to have balance. And some people think you've heard this say they're so kingdomly minded they're no earthly good. Yeah. And Seeking first means that's priority. Doesn't mean that that's only. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I can't get married because I'm I'm just about the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Well, you can do both. Mm-hmm. But the kingdom is first. And when you're kingdom-minded, then the person you marry becomes part of that purpose in your journey in the earth. So it's not seek only, it's seek first, priorities. Absolutely. So let's talk about the different components of the kingdom of God. may not be the perfect or appropriate word, uh, but it's the only one I can think of. (laughs) Components of the kingdom. Some of this you guys know already. Every kingdom has a king, a leader, a head, right? And our heavenly father is the king of this kingdom, right? What that means is the king is the final authority. What he says, that's it. Some people say God said it, I believe it, that settles it. And I like that, but I like to say God said it, that settles it, whether I believe it or not. 
All right? Now, if I believe it and attach my faith to it, it'll settle it for me, all right, in my life. Then we have the territory of the kingdom. These are different components to help you get a, a, a fuller grasp on what this kingdom of God is. The territory of the kingdom. <clears throat> when you think about the globe, the, the earth, there are nations all over the earth with boundaries, right? You cross a boundary, go into a different country. That would be the territory of that nation. In the kingdom of God, the territory is your heart, your human spirit. The Bible says, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within you, okay? <clears throat> and so we can go to the sower of the seed who sowed seed in the soil, and Jesus interpreted that by saying the soil was what? The heart of man, right? And so the seed is deposited in our heart, which is the place that God resides. The beautiful thing is, is that God's kingdom is both spiritual and ultimately will become physical on the earth because the kingdom of heaven, where God's throne is at, will come out of heaven and rest upon the earth and we'll rule and reign with him for a thousand years. <clears throat> That's good news in my book. Then when we talk about the kingdom of God, we have to talk about the laws of the kingdom. Every kingdom, every nation has a set of laws. And those laws are, or let me say it this way. <clears throat> when you think about the American Constitution, for example, there are laws that govern the United States, right? But there's also a Bill of Rights that affords us as Americans, as citizens, rights. Would you agree with that? The same is true where the kingdom of God is concerned. All right? There are laws that govern the kingdom. In America, we call it the Constitution. It's okay if you want to use that for the kingdom of God, but a term I like better is the word covenant. Okay? <clears throat> covenant. It's, it's a contract, if you will, and I don't even like that word, that God came up with he signed it, he swore on himself, and then Jesus Christ, your elder blood brother, paid so that you could have these divine bill of rights. <clears throat> All right? What are these rights? Well, Psalms 103, verses 2 through 5 say this. It, it, it gives us the rights as, number one, he forgives our iniquities, Number two, he heals all of our diseases. These are things that are afforded you as a member or a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. It goes on to say that he redeems your life from destruction, right? The safest place for you to be is in the kingdom of heaven, okay? Uh, number four, it says that he crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. We could unpack those and unflesh those two terms. Just understand that there's a whole lot of favor in those terms, okay? When people say, uh, I'm God's favorite son, they mean that. But we're all God's favorite sons and daughters, right? right. Then finally it says, <laughs> he fills our mouth with good things, all right? <laughs> so that's a keto chocolate, diet, right? Chocolate. chocolate. <laughs> Michelle, what do you say Coffee. about 
Yeah, coffee. What do you say about the, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? You know, they say that that was an apple on that, the tree of the knowledge there of good no and evil. There ain't no woman going to give up her life for an apple. That yeah. was chocolate on that tree. <laughs> you know it. You know it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, every kingdom has a language. If you travel to France, right, they speak French. Now, they may speak a multitude of languages, but their mother language would be French. And if you're going to become a citizen of that nation, then it would behoove you to learn that language, right? And the language of heaven, the language of the kingdom of God is the word of God. David said in Psalms chapter 2, verse 7, I will declare the decree. Yes. The declaration is the rhema, what we say. The decree is the written or the logos. So we as kingdom or citizens of the kingdom of God speak heaven's language, which is the word of God. Michelle, any, anything you'd like to well, share Well, I, I like to look at things in a practical way so it sticks with me. And a lot of times when, when you've grown up in the world and you've learned how the world talks and how the world responds to everything, and then you become a believer, now you are in the kingdom. So now you're a citizen of the kingdom. Well, a practical way to look at this is if, if I moved tomorrow mm -hmm. to Australia, <clears throat> there's things that are different over there. I can't just go over there and live like I live here because things are different. So when you go to another location and you're going to become a part of that kingdom or that culture, you have to learn how they operate. Mm -hmm. How do they speak? I'm going to have to learn to say, hey, might. That sounded might. horrible, but <laughs> I have to work on that. You have to learn how they talk. You have to learn to drive on the wrong side of the road. You have to learn their culture and the way they do things in order to be effective and be able to live there and have peace and be productive. Well, when you come out of the world into the kingdom, we just want to continue the same way we've always been. And we, we've not learned and renewed our mind to what the kingdom way of doing things mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. And that's how we're productive. That's how we see a difference in our life. You can't come into, speaking of language, you, in the world, you know, I hear people all the time say, oh, I just believe I'm getting sick. I just believe I'm catching a cold. That's how the world talks. Yeah. You don't see that in the word. Yeah. The word says, I'm the healed of the Lord. Yeah. The yeah. number of my days will be fulfilled. Yeah. With long life will he satisfy me. Yeah. Yeah. See, you have to learn to speak a different language when mm -hmm. you're a kingdom citizen yep. 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 and if we can mm -hmm. learn that then we start seeing the benefits of that mm -hmm. so when you start having symptoms I don't feel well I'm chilling I've got a fever I don't start talking that stuff and speak the language of the world because I'm not of the world I'm mm -hmm. in it but I'm not of it yep. so my language becomes this I'm the healed of the Lord yep. by his stripes I am healed mm -hmm. despite the symptoms. Yeah. So those are some of the things that are practical that yeah. when you become a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, you change the culture that you create mm -hmm. according to the word. Amen. Amen. That's good. That's good. Uh, something else I'd like you to consider 
is the word meditation. The, there, there are a number of Hebrew words for meditation. I won't bore you with all of that. But at the root of every Hebrew word for meditation is this idea. To speak to the king in the king's language. To speak to the king in the king's language. Okay? Now, oftentimes, referring back to what you said, Michelle, somebody says, well, you know, that just sounds like denial. If I said I didn't feel good or I had a fever, then that's just a lie. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. If, if confessing the word of God equates with lying, then God is a liar. Because that's what he said. I'm just saying back to the king what he already said. Don't you think it's amazing in Isaiah the passage says, by his stripes we are healed, present tense, before Jesus ever came and paid the price. And then when you get over into Peter's epistle, Peter says, by his stripes you were healed. So someone said, if I were, I are, and if I are, I am. And that's the truth, right? It's what the Bible says about that. I think it's important for us to understand in terms of language, what did Jesus say? He said a lot of things, but one thing he said is, I only say what I hear my father say. I like what Paul said in Romans chapter 4. We call those things that are not as though they were. We don't call those things that are as though they weren't. Right. We call those things that are not as though they were. Does that make also, sense? The Bible also says that the angels hearken into the oh, voice. Yes. You're getting ahead of me now. <laughs> no, go ahead. They hearken to the voice yeah. of his word. Mm -hmm. So when you begin to speak the word, which is the language of the kingdom, mm -hmm. the angels then get to work yeah. making yeah. that come to pass. Yeah. And here's how this works, folks. You, you, have, to, you have to take this thing, you know, unscrew your dome and take this natural mind out and set it aside and put the mind of Christ in here and think the way God thinks. Okay, when you say what God says, the angels that Michelle was referring to in the, in, in the Psalms, in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14, the Bible says that angels are ministering spirits sent to minister for those who are the heirs of salvation. That's me. All right? When you say what God says, the angels can't tell whether it was God or you. They heard the word and they function. I'll say something else. When you put the armor of God on and you put the helmet of salvation on, please don't take your helmet off. All right? Because it guards your mind, right? And here's what I want you to understand. You're inside this armor saying what God says about you and the devils don't know whether that's Jesus in there or if that's you in there. You follow me? Because this, you're speaking his language. Because you're speaking the king's dialect or his language. All right? Uh, Michelle, you mentioned, and I'll skip forward here, we, we were talking about angels. Well, every kingdom has what we would call subjects, not citizens, but servants of the kingdom that are in place to take care of us. 
Does, does it feel a little nice to have like a, a cleaning service? Someone come to your house and clean for you yes, so you amen. don't have to do yes, it? Yes, amen. Amen, all right? Well, the kingdom has that provision for you. They're called the angels. They're like heaven's military system, all right? They, uh, Jesus is called the Lord of hosts, and the word host there in Hebrew is sabaah, and it refers to the armies that completely surround you. To protect you. That's a benefit of being in the kingdom of God. Right? And so I wonder why people think in terms of kingdom, I can't wait to get out of here. All right? Then we talk about in terms of another component of the kingdom, we talk about the kingdom citizens. And I'll talk about the kingdom court and the kingdom citizens together. Here's the beautiful thing we're all American citizens in the room, right? But most of us are not related, are we? Right? But in the kingdom, every one of us are brothers and sisters in Christ. Here's the thing about the kingdom of God. We're all family. We're all family. Regardless of your, your, your race, uh, your views, what side of the tracks you were raised on, where you come, all of that, none of that matters. I like the song, You're My Brother, You're My Sister. Remember that by Russ Taff? Mm -hmm. Okay. Here, let me talk about court for a minute. In the court system, the kingdom of God has a, a, a legal judicial system. Here's what just absolutely thrills me. The judge would be God the Father. He's my dad. <laughs> All right. Jesus, my elder blood brother, he's my attorney. The Holy Spirit, who we call our best friend, who is our best friend, because he knows more about you, sir, than you know about yourself. He knows all your shortcomings. He knows all your failings. And yet, he never condemns you. He, he's your best friend. Okay? He is our eyewitness. See, when the enemy comes to accuse us, the Holy Spirit then, who testifies, all right, What's he testifying? Well, he's testifying of all the things that the Lord's done for us. So when, he come, when the devil comes and says, you ain't saved, the Holy Spirit just steps in as an eyewitness, all right, and testifies, well, hey, I was there. In fact, I entered his heart when he received Jesus, his attorney, all right? So you see why we need to change our, our, our mindset where the kingdom is concerned? All right, let's move on to this phrase <clears throat> this verse says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, this word righteousness in the Greek is where we get the word justified. What do you like to say? Justified, <clears throat> never sinned. Justification <clears throat> means just as if I had never sinned. So when you're an unbeliever, you receive Jesus Christ into your heart. You're put in a, a position of right standing before your father, your heavenly father, all right? When he sees you, he sees Jesus. He doesn't see, some people have said he sees the blood of Jesus that didn't just cover your sin, but washed away your sin. So you have right standing with God. But let's take this word righteousness as it relates to the kingdom of God, okay? A couple of things that it means. Number one, as a citizen, 
or a family member within this kingdom, you have right standing with the king. This is why Paul said in Hebrews, and yes, I believe Paul wrote Hebrews, that we could enter into the throne room. That's where the king is set. Are you with me? With what? With boldness. All right? So you and I, here's the other thing about right standing that just absolutely boggles my mind. Do you know that in John chapter 17, the Bible says that God loves you as much as he loves Jesus? I know what you're thinking, that's heresy. Well, then the Bible, we, let's just take that page and tear it out of the Bible. Because that's what, that's what Jesus said. My father, my heavenly father loves me as much as he loves Jesus. Here's the other thing about right standing with God. I, I, I really need to stand up, but I'm not going to do this. We have the same standing with our Heavenly Father that Jesus has. Why? Because He's in us, and we're in Him, right? And we're citizens of the kingdom. So I could go right into the throne room of grace just like my kids just barge into my, or my, my grandbabies barge into my office at the house. I could be training, I could be all sorts of things. They just barge right in there, little crews jump up in my lap. Why? He's entering into my throne room with boldness, right? Right. The other thing that it means, this righteousness, is you know, your right position before the king, but also your right position within the kingdom or your purpose. Now, when we talk about your purpose, we have to go back to Adam and Eve. God gave Adam and Eve dominion, all right? That's why we call kingdom, a king who has dominion over a territory, okay? God told Adam and Eve, he put them in a garden and he said, among other things, he said, I want you to till it or tend it. I want you to protect it or guard it. And then I want you to expand it. Are you with me? And so we as kingdom citizens, our purpose then is kingdom expansion. Deuteronomy 8.18, God said, I'll give you power to get wealth in order what? To expand the kingdom. To establish his covenant in the earth. Well, the covenant is the law, the constitution of the kingdom. We're taking God's kingdom and we're expanding this. We're taking territory. That's what God expects us to do. This is why you've got to change your mindset in terms of I'm, I'm looking for the day that the Lord returns and we're out of here. No, it's amazing. We're going to get out of here, but we're only going to be gone for seven years and we're coming right back here to rule and reign with him. Does that make sense, guys? Mm -hmm. Let's talk about in closing, and, and we're out of time, but give me about three minutes if you would. In 3 John chapter 2, let's talk about all these things will be added unto you. So if you understand the kingdom and your place within it and your place or your relationship to the king and kingdom business, the Bible promises that everything we need in order to do kingdom business will be added unto us, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, if you listen to religion, they'll tell you that the only thing God ever promised you was bread and water. Well, that's prison. 
They'll tell you that God put sickness on you to teach you something. Well, then why in God's name are we not all sick with cancer tonight? Come on now. Jesus paid for our healing. All right, he provided healing. Third John chapter two. Now listen to this. Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health. Now listen to this. The Holy Spirit through John said, more than anything, I want you to prosper, carry, and I want you to be in health. Somebody says that's heresy. God's greatest desire is to see the lost saved. John wasn't writing to the lost. He was writing to people that were already saved. Right. So after you get saved, he's speaking to the beloved. I want you to prosper and be in health. Why? To expand the kingdom. Kingdom expansion. Here's the thing. If you understand the kingdom, your place within the kingdom, and your relationship to the king, you'll have everything you need where kingdom expansion is concerned. But the last of that verse says, as your soul prospers. And in this instance tonight, I will say, as your mind, because your soul is not your spirit. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions, Mm -hmm. right? So as your soul is renewed to the kingdom concept and your place within that kingdom. So it behooves you and it behooves us as well, right? To change the way we think about kingdom. Fair enough? Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise for that. Michelle, do you have anything in closing and then you can uh, end us in prayer? Well, we just, we want to encourage you to change your mind on that. Begin to think of your place in the kingdom, you're not just a mom, you're not just a salesman, you're not just a businessman. You are a child of the most high God. You have a purpose in the kingdom. Quick question, does anybody know Billy Graham's mother's name? Anybody? Do you think she was important in the kingdom? Don't ever look at your position in the kingdom as insignificant. You never know your actions, your daily life, your career, your children, Mm -hmm. the effect that they will have, long-lasting ripple effects on the expansion of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. So when you begin to see yourself in that way, life looks different. Wow. I might ask, does anybody know who led Billy Graham to Jesus? I would say the same of him as you said of right. his mother, right? So when you're in the kingdom, you're not insignificant. Amen. 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 So we, we just want to thank you something. again for being with us tonight. And we just want to pray real quick before we turn it back to Pastor Christian. Father, we thank, thank you for you, your Father. word tonight. We thank you that there we is power you in your word. We thank you for the covenant. Father, we we thank you that we are here to establish your kingdom and that you will help us to renew our mind with your word so that we can see the purpose that we have been sent here for and that we will accomplish that purpose in the earth. As citizens of the kingdom. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen.